Thank you for checking out the One Best Podcast Sports Edition. Did we come up with a name for this quite yet? Not really. I mean, we did. Uh, we did talk about a few, like two on, two out. Um, we'll see you tomorrow night. I mean, I'll be sad to see that one out there. Which you love that one. That one's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'd have to check to see if that one's trademarked, though. I'm sure some Cardinal fan already stole that one. Possibly, <laughs> possibly. But yeah, this is a uh, part of our sports edition on, on my podcast. That if you guys have been paying attention, we had one uh, last week, a wrestling episode, which I'll be doing also on that. But uh, I'm Andrew Karachi alongside Eric Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And it's been a while. It's been a while. It's exciting, you know. Like you said, uh, Jared. What is it? Uh, July nineteenth. Yeah, the last one I looked at it was like July nineteenth of twenty nineteen. So like, it's been about a month. It's been about a year actually, almost a year. Uh, we're doing this. Uh, we're doing something kind of new. We're using Skype to record this podcast. So hopefully it comes in nice and clear. Normally we we get together and do it, but obviously it's obviously it's kind of hard to do given the circumstances. Yeah, remotely is kind of nice. It's kind of nice. It might work out like this, too. But the fact that you still kind of live a little bit farther, too, it's hard to get together with both of us working. So this is kind of nice. This works out because now we can do it regularly. So. Yeah, correct. And I can pace in my kitchen and do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys get still got your phone plugged in or not. you got enough juice on yeah, it where you can do that. But. It, it's, it's plugged in. It's plugged in. So, uh, what do we want to start with first? We want to talk with, uh, like, how do you think this? How do you think the season's going to go? How about that? Do you think we're yeah. going to actually play it? You think we're going to finish it? It's super unpredictable because right now things look okay, but I'm just like, what I'm really interested in is like really good teams and they have stars, and if those stars are going to go down to the COVID reason, you know, because of one, because YSL obviously Asiel Puig, he got it, and then almost sounds like you know, brave sign him, and then he's out. And it doesn't even sound like he's coming back, like they moved on from him. So that's going to be a super yeah. interesting. I do think they're going to do whatever they can to play those 60 games. The biggest thing that I'm seeing, want to see, though, is postseason baseball, no fans. The excitement, the noise. I just think mentally that's going to mess with some teams if they need that. Because those crowds really gonna... get into it and wild or, or whatever, you know. I, I think we're going to see some really – some really weird team that might win it just because of like they're some teams are going to like, you know how you'll see a player that's really, really good in college, really good in high school. Really? You'll say he's even good in spring training, like not a, not a big issue. But then as soon as they hit the big stage, immediately they shut down because they can't perform in front of like a live, like a huge audience like that. They yeah. kind of choke. So True. like, so like through that, it's just uh, I, I'm just kind of wondering is, are we gonna are we gonna see like a one of those uh, one of those teams like say the Royals or the A's or like one of those prospects are gonna come up and just be an absolute stud, and that's what's gonna provoke them through the through the postseason. Are we gonna see some kind of no name guy that we didn't even think of is gonna win the MVP? Because he's performing in front of nobody. And it's there's possible. A lot of pressure. There's a lot of Reds talk that they're going to win it all. I don't know why. 
But like analysts and big people are saying it. Even just people that go on YouTube or your podcast, they talk about how the Reds are going to just, they could be the one that like goes and takes it. But it's possible. Any, any team can get 60 wins. And what's more interesting, if you actually look at last year, if they only played 60 games the first, you know, first half, Washington never would have got in the playoffs. And that's how crazy it is. Right. Because they went on that tear after I think it was May and obviously went up and won the World Series. But, like, it's anything's possible. I mean, the Mariners were, were hot, like, that first, like, 20 games last year. As bizarre as it is. Right. But what's, what's crazy is that every game matters. But with no crowds, how is it? Is it, like, you know, to them? Because, like, I was watching a little bit of it, some of the games today. And it's 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 fine. It feels normal, but I wonder for the players. This is what there's going to be not a lot of bat flips and not a lot of motion because it can't show off in front of anybody right now. You know, so it's it's going to be super interesting. Yeah, and I heard they're like with the social distancing, they're going to keep uh, reporters have to be six feet apart. And did you see some of the locker rooms for some of the players? They're using the uh... oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the dugout. You even watch the dugout because I was watching Royals a little bit of the Royals and Astros game, and even the dugout, like the Royals dugout, they were kind of separated. You know, like the you know Matheny and the other coaches, like like a couple feet apart. You know, and they're high five and isn't even high five, and they're just air high five. So some players are wearing masks, but most of the teams aren't. So it's really interesting. I think whoever's healthy, whoever whatever star team doesn't get it. And whoever stays healthy, honestly. I'm with you on that. I really think that the that whatever team is healthy is probably going to win it now. Given all the circumstances, whoever wins this, is it like, do you really think it's like a World Series? or? Some players say it's like could be more rewarding because of the circumstances, but... You know, certain, it could, is there an asterisk next to it because of COVID or whatever? But this is what tests people the most. Like, who's going to rise to the occasion? Because every game matters now. Every team right. is fully loaded. Every team hasn't, some pitchers haven't pitched 100 innings yet. You get what I'm saying? So they're not going to be tired maybe at the end of the season. They're just warmed up. So it could be just completely turned upside down this year. This was crazy. Yeah, you might, see, you might see a postseason of no run scoring. Like, you could see the postseason where pitching completely dominates, where normally in October, pitching falls apart. Yeah, there's the other, other people that are saying that, like September and October. Yeah, like, the pitching will be great. And, like, you got to look at the great rotations right now that you think yeah. that might be okay. Now, I heard some but, teams are going to go with a six-man rotation. I think most teams are going to do a five-man still. I've heard four. I've yeah, heard some uh, teams even that would be, before. That, that would be really hard to do because there's not a lot of off days. So no. that would be very hard to do a four-man rotation. I question whatever team's doing that. Yeah. Because you're going to have a lot of dead arms, and that's a lot of innings to log that quickly. Um, I can see the Nationals I know, doing a four-man four rotation, honestly. Well, because they got they, they got four horses. They have five horses on that yeah. team. Like that's a that's a horse of a rotation right there. That is. I mean, you got Strasburg and then you got Scherzer, which those guys can just pitch their brains out, you know. So you'd be like, 
I would say if the Nationals can get their wins under their belt, they could they could bet they could go back to back. I mean, I know. I think their I think their lineup. Leave, I you know, really think their lineup's going to struggle because I was looking at their lineup and like they're they're going to be relying on like a young kid named Cutter Keyboom. And they're going to be relying. Wait, no, is Keyboom on that team or is he Philly? No, he's uh, he's Washington, right? Oh, I'd have to see. I haven't watched too much of him, but I know they still have Juan Soto. They got Robles still. That Zimmerman. No, Zimmerman's out actually. He took the year off. Yeah, so there's another thing. Yeah, he opted out, and he wasn't a starter yeah. anyways. No. Well, he might I mean, be now pitching, with uh, with Rendon gone, but yeah, I know their pitching's going to be tough. And I think the pitching's what's going to play. I know the Cardinals have a really good rotation, and they're feeling really, really good about this uh, this young pitcher named Young Young Kim, not the same Young Young Kim from uh, uh, the Arizona days back in the early 2000s. But there's another one, and yeah. uh, I guess he, I guess he's really good at changing speeds. And nobody in the Cardinal lineup's been able to hit him yet. And they think well, because of I, teams not having a lot of film on him, they think he's going to be really good this year because there's not a lot of film on him and it's a short season. Yeah, I mean they so, they got the division until they don't get it because they were the they're the division or the you know look how far they went last year you know so yeah. I was surprised that they were able to go that far. Like I I. It's just weird. They're saying that Yachty might hit up in the lineup because I guess he's been cranking it during the the early going here. Yeah. That they said he put on a he's, they said he lost a lot of weight but then put on a lot of muscle. So I mean, and this could be this could be the great. last time. sixty games of just you know yeah last time this could this could be the last time we see Yachty or Molina in a Cardinal jersey and. That's going to be weird. Can you see him playing someplace else, or do you think he's a Cardinal for life? Um, I would only see him as a Cardinal for life, but yes, if he wants to play, he'll play, right? He'll go somewhere. Yeah. Sort of I'm just wondering, like, like, where do you think he could end up? Like, what team do you think would be interested in Yadier Molina's services? 39-year-old catcher given by that point. He'd be 39. Um, anywhere there's a young pitcher that could learn from him, or sorry, catcher. Just think of like situations like that, like teams that have that going on for him. I would think, or a decent pitching staff. But like, I would think anyone that is needing of a catcher would look at his resume and like, oh, we could pick him up. You know, so because I, I know Yadi. I know if I know Yachty, he's not going to be one of those catchers that's going to want to sit for half a season or something like that. He's going to want to play every day. Yeah. And I feel like the Cardinals are going to be that only team that's going to give him that opportunity. I because any other him. team that's bringing I in Yachty, he's not. They're not going to let him catch 120 games. I still think he's going to sign at least for one more one year deal with him. That's how they're going to play it out I, until he retires. I think so too. I think so too. I think he's just going to go year by year. Kind of like what they're doing with Wainwright. Yeah. Because like I think the Cardinals kind of pride themselves in having those star-type players or, like, you know, those lifers. The legacy because, players. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Yadier's there. I mean, Poole's had his 10 years, but it's like, 
you know, now it's one of those memories like, oh, it's good to have him back in the stadium waving and stuff and everything else. But already I see Yachty being more of a Cardinal, obviously, than Albert. I mean, it's true. You know, if you look at how it all went down and everything else. So, I mean, that's how I would look at it if I were a Cardinal fan in that perspective, you know. Yachty be my guy, you know, so. Yeah, I'm hoping he's a Cardinal for life, but I understand if uh, things don't work out, it might not it it might not happen. So, yeah. got to stay optimistic, of course, but also realistic at the same time. I guess that's the fan in me, you know, like like oh, just yeah. stick with him, you know. I understand you're having some rough times, but stick. You still can throw batters, you know what I mean? So. So I was having a discussion with one of my friends earlier today. And uh, we were talking about Moneyball and yes. the whole Oakland, the whole Oakland A thing, and my my issue with the with that philosophy that they've always done, and my mm-hmm. issue kind of with the movie Moneyball, which I thought was crap. That's my opinion. But like, uh, <laughs> well, I think I think Moneyball missed missed what actually made those A's teams great. Um, so Moneyball was like, I mean. Let's go back to 2002. What made the Oakland A's really good that year? Do you remember? Oh, man, so long ago. I just felt like it was pitching and defense did a good job and just keeping the ball in play. That's what I felt like. Well, they, they had the three-headed monster of Zito, Hudson, and Mulder. I mean, that was the best rotation in baseball that year. And then they had the MVP in Miguel Tejada. So, oh, yeah, they did, with, yeah. With all that said, that movie didn't touch on any of that. That movie was like focusing on some crappy outfielder who they're making first base because he gets on like the Matt Carpenter like player. I call him Matt Carpenter. That's pretty much what he is. And like the like that's what they were focusing on. And I felt like they missed the ball. Like the reason why that team rattled off like twenty three or twenty four straight games is because they had Miguel Tejada. And the best pitching staff in baseball, but they don't even mention the fact they had those three those three ace like starters. And that, that's the last time they won a division series too, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think they. they well, they, I guess we looked it up, and the last time they were in ALCS was two thousand six, where they oh, lost the Tigers. That's right. But it that, was. But that was the last time they ever played in an ALCS. So, talking about their philosophy of Moneyball and how they also, since the year 2000, they've missed the playoff or they, they were under 500 seven times during that span, which is, yeah. what, about 42% of the seasons or whatever? Yeah. So, where you compare it to maybe how the way the Cardinals run their operation where they they also do the draft develop within their own system. They don't necessarily play money ball, but they do a lot of the uh, they draft a lot of college pitchers and the, or college players and turn them into players. Yeah. Like Trevor, sure. do you remember a guy named Trevor Rosenthal? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Did you know Trevor Rosen? Did you know Trevor Rosenthal was a shortstop? <laughs> no, I didn't he actually. Was, he was a college shortstop. They turned him into a pitcher. Um, another guy, Jason Mott, obviously. 
Yeah. You've heard that name before. Jason yeah. Mott was a catch was a catcher. They turned him into a pitcher. And then uh, the other the other name, Jack Flaherty, obviously the ace yeah. right now. When Jack Flaherty was drafted, he was only throwing 89, 90 miles an hour. Now he throws 97. These these were all college pitchers. All of them usually from the SEC, like down south, like that was or the the West Coast. They they'd find all these college pitchers and then they'd fill in the blanks later. And during that span, from two, when Bill DeWitt bought the team, from the year 2000 to to 2020, now they finished under 500 one time, and that was 2007. The only other team to have more winning seasons in a row than the Cardinals right now is the New York Yankees, which we all know about them. Yeah. <laughs> the best sports franchise probably ever. Yeah, they got quite a bit. Don't like to talk about it, but they do. <laughs> right. But they but they go a completely different route. Their whole thing is put pump money into it, pump money into it. And yeah, if you have all the best players, you're going to win a lot of games. That's just like if you're playing uh you're playing kickball, right, as a kid, and you get the nine best players on your team against the nine not so best players, the nine best players are going to win. That's just math. <laughs> yeah, no. That's true. But sometimes and that's what the Yankees, Yankees do. But here's the thing though, with the Yankees, they buy some big money players, one or two, but then some of the rest of their lineup was okay sometimes. You true. know, so well, they've been a little different lately. They, like in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, they were just buying everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and we they, and we got a guest on the podcast. <laughs> we do, we do, we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but to get but, to continue on that point, they. Uh, the Yankees would buy all the best players, and yeah, sometimes it would result in a World Series win. But for, it's hard. I think it just shows it's just hard to win a World Series in general. It is, you know, and like look at the A Rod time, like one World Series title with Teixeira, right? You know, CC yeah. Sabathia, A Rod, Jeter. I mean, it can be tough. You know, there's some good teams, develop good teams, and they have the Phillies, obviously. You know, I mean, the Yankees did beat the Phillies in that time. You know, but. uh the Rays had that one shot that one year, and uh, there's some good teams in there. Can't remember Texas Rangers obviously had that run, you know, of two years well, in just there. The, the Kansas City Royals had that two year run. True. There's a bunch of teams that just seemed like they did that. They had some two year runs and and everything else. So I'm trying to date back. So I'm going to gonna say, watch out for the Royals because what they're do like the reason they hired Mike Matheny is what they're going what Matheny did is he took that cardinal way like binder that they yeah. that they ran by that he ran by and they're mm-hmm. going to install it in Kansas City now. Yeah, he'll do so good over there, like, I think. Just like how Jeff Luno took the cardinal blueprint and went down to Houston with it granted we find out that he might have been cheating this whole time, but the fact is like we that don't know that about cardinals still though. Exists. Yeah. True. Like, I don't think it happened there. Like, I think that the Houston thing was just some, it was just stupid. You know, there's some dumb decisions. Yeah, yeah I, think what, I think what that is, is just like, they saw an opportunity, and they just went with it. it and, I just, it, 
Think of other teams would have done that, and the players just got into it. Like, in this, not defending obviously anything they did, but like Chris Bryant was talking smack. I'm like, well, Chris Bryant, you almost got drafted by the Astros. What if you were playing with sure. them and you're in the heat of the moment at that time? You wouldn't have stopped it either. And even if you I weren't doing he it, well, he wouldn't have. But who would have believed him? Do you believe that anybody right. on that team didn't do it? No, I think everybody was involved in some sort. I think Verlander knew about it. I think Garrett Cole knew about it. I think they all did. I think that's why Garrett Cole's not there right now. True, he couldn't wait to get money. out of there. Yeah, and he didn't have the money to keep him. True, which, but, I, I but he, he, he couldn't wait to get out of there. I mean, he was talking about playing for the Yankees when he was still in Houston. No, he always wanted to be a Yankee. And that's fine. You can right. pay him a lot of money to be that guy in the rotation and nobody behind him. Right, and that's, and that's the just the thing. Like, is he going to be like that again? I mean, we all talk about, like, like we were discussing pitchers of the decade or something like that the other day, and some one of my idiot friends brought up Garrett Cole. Not like, what, for one year? Because realistically, when he was in Pittsburgh, there was some flashes there, but he never was able to put it all together. He got to Houston, and through their pitching coach, they found something in his mechanics and then, boom, he's off to the races. Yep. Now, now the whole year has, or the whole league has seen him pitch the way this new style. The league always adjusts. It always does. We saw Verlander go through a couple of spurts where he wasn't himself. And then he had to redefine himself when he went to Houston. Completely reinvent himself. But I, I Adam Wainwright took like a couple of years off before he could figure it out. True. But I also think Brett Storm does a great job for the Houston pitching. I agree. Because obviously make Garrett Cole what he is. Right. What's that? I agree. Okay. Um, so, like, he goes, to, he goes to New York, and it's like he's the only horse, you know. But then he loses two games in the playoffs last year, a World Series game and a divisional game, important games. And they right. lose the World Series with Verlander and – Zach Greinke. So you're telling me Garrett Cole is going to go through those, you know, just go through the season and win it all for them. I mean, you have nobody, but you don't have a Verlander and Greinke behind you either. So, and I've no. seen him in the postseason be not great. He's not. So I still he, he don't wasn't. believe that the, like everyone calls the Yankees like the best and they're going to, like, I don't even, I don't think they're that great. I still think they're, you know, they're going to win some games, but Cole has to win every game going in the postseason. He has to, and he won't. I've seen it. Like, I mean, World Series game one, he should have won that game, and then he lost. It's like the way he was playing that year, but you know what happens in playoffs with Garrett Cole? He folds. <laughs> My rant. Seems like there might, be, there might be a little bitterness right there. <laughs> well, I'm just, I watch it where it's like, they all put the stock into him. Like, he's good, but, like, it's, he can't win those big games like he's showing. Like, it's more like the Yankees. Like, they ain't going to win. They ain't going to the World Series. Everyone's picking right. them. Yeah, the Yankees, uh, and I know uh, that seems to be, like, a lot of popular opinion there. Uh, Nationals are getting a little bit of love for the National League. And well, then, because course, they won uh, last year, yeah. Right. Uh 
You know, one team that no one's really giving a chance, and I, I'd like to touch up a little bit about them. What about the Chicago Cubs? Like, they're a team that everyone's kind of sleeping on, I feel. I, they still have the same core of guys from their 2016 roster for the most part, like yeah. that lineup. Mm-hmm. And the rotation, yeah, the rotation has some issues, but could they put it together for 60 games, maybe win that division, and then do some damage there? Like, I think people, I think people forget they weren't that far away from postseason play last year. It took, they had a meltdown against the Cardinals towards the end of the year, which cost them their postseason hopes. Yeah. The Cardinals swept them in a series at Wrigley Field, and they they had a meltdown after that, and they lost every game by one run. Yeah, they did. And they didn't recover from that. But other than that, they looked like they were going to be the team to win the division going into that series. Because they look like the best team on paper between the between the Cardinals and the uh, Brewers. Yeah, it's funny because I haven't really looked at them either. You're right. Because I just don't, you know, I, the Ross, their coach, like they're just laughable to me. I know it's so bad. It's bad I, I like agree. That. I agree. And I don't like the Cubs. I'm just going to put that out there. Like I'm not a Cub fan. I don't like the Cubs. But I don't like necessarily hate them. I, I hate their manager for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it's David Ross and Joe Madden because I feel like guys want to play for Joe. I don't think that David Ross has that management. Like he seems, he's a clown. <laughs> we got a lot of things going on back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on another note, um, the Cubs, yeah, I mean, I'll keep an eye on them. It's going to be super interesting. Like, anybody can do this. Anybody can do this. But it's just like everyone's got Yankees and Dodgers pinned. And, you know, the Dodgers obviously are a great team. Like, they should. They should on paper. They should get it done. But I still like their pitching rotation isn't like the best of me. Right. I agree. Um, and plus, that's a that's a tough division, just in general. That East is going to be rough. And if you start off like, you know, losing seven of your first ten or something like that, you're probably done. Oh yeah, like you have to you have to start out hot, you know. Um, right. And it's as much as I know, I sound cliche, but it's just like, you know, Houston lose Garrett Cole, I understand, but McCullers comes back, you know. He obviously pitched great. Right. He pitched great in that 17 World Series. And they still have Verlander and Grinky And that lineup, no fans. I, they look. They obviously look good. You know, and they don't put them in the same tier as New York and, and um, L.A., which I'm kind of shocked about. It's because they lost Colts. All of a sudden, they're like, they're not great anymore. I'm like, well, we'll see. Anything can happen. Well, you know? I think I think the Dodgers are winning the whole thing. Another team that I feel like people are kind of sleeping on because everyone's saying Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. I I, I think oh, the Dodgers yeah. winning the whole thing. I think the Dodgers. I think they have the most depth. I think they have the most. Uh, I think they. I think they have one of the best lineups in baseball, and they got something to prove. Because they had two World Series pretty much stolen from them, and 
it would be justified if they end up winning. And here's my thought process on all of that, is I think the the wrong is written right this year, and I think they beat yes. Houston this year in the World Series. Those are my picks. And every and everything everything would be justified because yep. I feel like they're uh, the Dodgers. If they win it, then we can all kind of move on with our lives, and we can kind of forget this year ever happened with all yep. the the shutdowns and everything like that. Because the Dodgers are the team that got screwed out of two World Series. And if they win it, it's it still feels like a real World Series to me because of what happened to them in 2017 and 2018. Yeah, no, I uh, I do think they're the best team in baseball, and like I said before, I I don't think I think Houston is the best team in American League still. I know everyone's I yeah, got them beating so, Yankees so. in seven again. I got them beating the Yankees seven, but I got the Dodgers playing them this year, and Dodgers beating Houston in the World Series. Now I saw some expert uh, picked uh, picked the Texas Rangers. Really? Yes, and his reasoning behind it was short season. They have a really good rotation, apparently, and they have a good lineup that could do some damage. And they'll, they'll they'll be one of those teams that sneak in because that's a good that's a good division, but they'll find a way to get in. And if they can get in, they like that. Uh, they like having Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, and like uh, other guys in that rotation that they'll they could do some damage. Yeah, true. I, I anything like like you said, anything's possible in a sixty game season. Yeah. So. And Lance Lynn's usually a fast starter. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not much of a Rangers fan, but, this, like, I, I wouldn't mind it as long as Lance, if seeing Lance Lynn get a ring. I like Lance Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> but that's hey, about it over there. Depending on how the schedule looks, but I still, the Reds still have a good chance to do it. I mean, Dodgers on paper, but I think Reds have a good chance to get one of those wild card spots and make so, some noise. There we go. So are the uh, what the heck? So how? So who do the Astros play to start off the season? Did you look yet? Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, and the Cardinals yep. got Pittsburgh. I think what's going to be an interesting series though is when they play because they'll play two games against the Royals and two at home, two on the road. And I yeah. I think that Royals series is going to be fun to see Mike Matheny back at Bush Stadium on the other side. I'm just wondering how people are going to take that. Um, yeah, no, that's that – would, that would be crazy. I like, I like how the setup is with everything, like Seattle and Dodgers. He used to play Dodgers. That's second series. Now, right away. if there were fans in the stadium, how yeah. do you think the Cardinal fans would react to Mike Matheny? Do you think they'd cheer him or boo him? I think they'd share him. He's done a lot of good things for them. Yeah, but it kind of it kind of ended badly though with them. He was generally disliked at the end there. It'd be interesting. Maybe mixed feelings, a little bit of boo and cheering. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm kind of interested in that. 
but unfortunately we won't get that fan reaction. Can you imagine if this COVID thing was going on last year and that that Albert Pujols moment in St. Louis had no fans? Oh gosh, yeah. You know, I'll be like honest. I was just thinking about it. Like that would have been the one and only time he's probably ever going to be in Bush Stadium, and there would have been no fans. Like that would have been nuts. Well, good thing it played out the way it did. And what's crazy to me yeah. is the Nationals. Obviously, I don't dog them for winning. They had a great team, but that had to suck for them to not do any ring ceremony yet or this and that. And think they wouldn't have one or whatever. But yeah, because I think they already did it. You know, just yeah, it, like traditionally how normal teams would. <laughs> that and a lot of uh, they've been doing like with the ceremony when you go to the White House, a lot of. A lot of athletes are choosing not to go to the White House because of their dislike for Trump, and that seems to be a very common thing with athletes. Yeah. I think the Chiefs didn't go. Yeah, no. So... You got the Astros and you got the um, Astros and Dodgers in the World Series. Yes, I think you with know, the colors coming back, that lineup, like they are still good. Like losing Cole does suck, but it's like they still have plans. There's still a trade deadline, you know. I mean, there's. I just don't think they can. The Yankees can beat them. They were in that era right now where they just can't beat them. It, it sucks, but like, you know. Cole's going to win maybe game one against Verlander or Granke. You know, they got that game. But after that, our our 2-3 is better than their 2-3, I think. And what would be, like, your uh, your pick for <laughs> – That came over the mic. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> that fucking – that toilet flush. Was it? Oh, that must have been, like, uh, my kid's show in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, we can do that. Uh, so next week, what we'll uh, we're gonna cut this a little short today, guys. But uh, next week, we'll you think we're gonna be able to do one next week? Oh yeah. So after that, hopefully we have games played and we can talk about what it looks like because there'll be a couple of games played before we do our next podcast. And uh, with that, I'm Andrew Karachi alongside. Eric Emerson. And we'll stay tuned for next week. Thank you for checking out the One Best Podcast. Do we still do we have a name for this thing yet? No. No. Because <laughs> I, uh, I was thinking, like, at the end of it, I even said something, too, like, we got to pick up a name, and maybe you could think of something while we'll, uh, you know. Because, like I said, we had bottom of the ninth, and we had one, two out. So... Uh, there's two of us. Uh, two on, two out seems pretty good. So, yeah, we can call it two on, two out. Let's do that. So, this is the one best podcast. Uh, two on, two out. Oh, God, I already screwed it up. Anyways, I'm uh, Andrew Karachi alongside Eric Emerson. And today we've uh, we're recording literally the day after opening day. Well, for most teams, opening days is technically it was the second day of baseball, but um. Yeah, uh, what did you think of just the games in general and how things uh, were going without the fans there? Did it even seem like it mattered? 
No, I to me it was really I was wondering how weird it would be, but it wasn't like weird because it was baseball. It felt like a real baseball game, a baseball season going on. Um, little funny things that made it seem like oh there isn't a crowd is when D Gordon went up into the stands and, and, and got a foul ball, <laughs> just you know because he could. So, but yeah, the, the yeah. in the background, the audio was kind of funny. The little cutouts, I thought that was good, but. Yeah, some stand. Like, so. Yes, some stadiums are doing cutouts. Some aren't. I know the Cardinals are not. They're, uh, uh, but I guess the Brewers are, right? Yeah, there's a few. There's, I think the Cubs are. The Astros had some. Um, the Dodgers, I think, was pretty, pretty. But at least the back of their, you know, like the back of the home plate looked pretty full. So. Right. Yeah. And uh, the thing, uh, the thing I noticed was just kind of. It felt with the added crowd noise, like the fake crowd noise, it didn't, it almost distracted you from the fact there were no fans there. And it, it didn't really bother me too much. Yeah. No, I don't mean either. I, I was kind of interesting how celebrations would go on, bat flips and everything else, which can't really be a showsman with no, no fans to show off to. So, right. Like, <laughs> Mark Olson's, what was it? His, one of his, I, I, I probably botched his name, but Olson last night for the athletics at that walk off. And there was there's crowd noise, there was music, and like they still like went crazy at the plate, which I thought was pretty cool and everything else. I was like, okay, so they're still playing it as a big deal in the game, but like I just don't know how bat flips will happen on because there's a lot of home runs the last two days, and there wasn't really too much like showing off at the bat flips, you know. But I know that when I was uh, looking at the lineups, and uh, obviously being a Cardinal fan, I saw their opening day like lineup. And to me, I felt like it was the worst lineup I've ever seen as a Cardinal fan, as far as like like the one through nine with a DH. Like I would take some pitchers in a lineup, like over the last twenty years, than the lineup they sent out last night. Yes. Um, Colt Wong at the top—that's not bad. But when Colt Wong's your best hitter, you probably have issues on your team because he shouldn't—he should be a complimentary hitter. He shouldn't be your, who you're building your lineup around. Um, Tommy Edmond, uh, was batting second. It's not the most terrible choice, but again, the Cardinals are still set in the old school way by having your best hitter bat third, when most teams are having their best hitter bat second, especially yeah. in an American League style lineup. So the Cardinals are still stuck in the old ways. Um, Paul Goldschmidt was hitting third with Paul DeYoung cleaning him up, uh, Paul DeYoung is not a cleanup hitter. Oh, he did hit a home run last night, but, like, uh, large sample size with him. Uh, last year he had a great April, and then that was it. <laughs> yeah. Just a couple home runs here and there. Uh, their fifth-place batter was uh, was Matt Carpenter, and um, I think that he's pretty much done. I don't think he has much left, but hopefully he can get it together for another couple months here. Yeah. Uh, their sixth hitter was Yadi or Molina. Uh, the higher Yadi hits in a lineup, that means the worse your lineup is. So huh. when he's hitting sixth, that means your lineup's probably not good. Now, the I think the one thing that you're wondering is, I just named the six, the top six batters in their lineup. Where are the outfielders? Well, they're seven, eight, nine. And I think that if you have a lineup where your outfield is your seven, eight, nine, you have problems. Because that's where your offensive production is supposed to be coming from. It's from the outfield. 
outfield and first base. And their, their production is not coming from those positions. That would be Dexter Fowler, Tyler O'Neill, and Harrison Bader. So I am, I'm concerned. I know they're playing Pittsburgh. They're not a strong team and they can get by teams like that. But when they have to play the Cubs or the Brewers, when they have to like actually hit, that's going to be issues. Jack Flaherty's not going to pitch every day. He he pitched great yesterday too. He was awesome. I mean, he gave up a couple runs late, but I think overall he looked really, really sharp. And they're putting uh, Carlos Martinez back in the rotation, which is interesting because he had a lot of success closing last year, I thought. Uh, but the, he wants to be a starter. The organization said that you had to do these things in the offseason for us to put you back as a starter. He did it, so the Cardinals are rewarding him by putting him back in the rotation. Hmm. I think Adam Wainwright's pitching today. So that should be interesting. I am. Um, I was seeing something on MLB Network, and they were doing the best trio, like the best top rotation trio in each division, like, you know, the East, Central, and West. Yeah. And some of the guys were saying that they think that the Cardinals trio is the best in the Central. What do you think about that? Are, are they are they including Carlos Martinez as that trio, or are they, putting, are they using a different guy? So they're using Jack Flaherty, obviously. And they're using, uh, I think it starts with an M. Miles Michaelis? Yes. Is in his rot- is in that rotation. And it might be. It might be him. But, like, they're saying that, that, that one of the guys or two of the guys are saying that the Cardinals, they, they have their, out of the Cubs, Pirates, um, White Sox, like everybody, they're saying, like, the Cardinals were a top one. And, yeah, and I, think, I think in the Central Division, if you're concluding the AL in that, too, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was their strength last year was their rotation. I mean, they had, they got a lot of, uh, especially down the stretch. And I think when you have Jack Flaherty in your rotation, that's going to up everything just in general. Yeah. So your number, your number two guy is just, if you're talking about, give me your top three pitchers and one of them's Jack Flaherty, it's like with the Mets, with Jacob DeGrom. It's just like, yeah, if you could put average pitcher B and average pitcher C, and the Mets are going to have the best pitching staff in that division because they have Jacob DeGrom. Or like when the Astros had, with Astros with Verlander and Cole, didn't matter who that third person was because they're going to have the best rotation because they have Verlander and Cole last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it's, uh, I guess I would agree to that because Jack Flaherty is, I think, that good. And I think he can carry a staff. Um, Miles Michaelis, I'm not too crazy about right now, but, uh, Adam Wainwright, which I think is very underrated, very underappreciated, just in general, what he did last year. I mean, he was their, he was their second best pitcher last year, and for whatever reason, he doesn't get included in those, like, uh, discussions as one of their frontline starters, and he was one of their frontline starters last year. He just struggled on the road, but he got better down the stretch. Yeah. The guy had phenomenal numbers at home. I am. Um, yeah, they had they had a couple of uh, you know teams that were surprising. Like, I mean, obviously the East and the Rays. They said they one guy said they had the best rotation of three. Now, you know, you, some people okay. don't get the Yankees because they have one or one. Because right. and they got Garrett Cole, and I'm sorry, but after that, 
like I don't consider Paxton and Tanaka like a, you know, there's there's other guys like that in the three rotate. I think the A's rotation is better than the Yankees. Um, yeah, they look pretty good. And but the huge Astros. One guy had the Dodgers number one, and one guy didn't even have Astros on his list. And I'm like, you know, some people are crediting out like Lance McCullers Jr. What he did in 18 and 17, like how good he was. Because like like he had Tommy John surgery last year, 19. Right. Oh. But, like, the fact is I really do think, like, Houston in the West has the best rotation. I mean, I know the Dodgers are great and all, but it's like they have Verlander, Granke, and McCullers, and I think that's going to be very underrated the whole season. Well, McCullers was kind of your guy a couple years ago. I remember you being kind of high on him. Like, that was your dude. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so he's our three-starter. I mean, I know we lost Cole, but, like, how I look at us losing Cole – is like how St. Louis lost pools. Like, it sucks, but we're going to be fine. Yes. Right. We can still make the World Series easily without Cole. Right. And uh, I, I don't know, did you catch the uh, Brewer Cub game yesterday at all? I, that's blacked out, but no, I didn't. I really, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's right, because you got the, you, that's right, we share the MLB TV app, Wikigate. But, like, yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> trash can wiki gate. Oh. Yeah, trash can wiki gate. But um, yeah, I was watching. Uh, I was watching a little bit of that game because I was over at a friend's house and we were. We, they had three games on at once. So uh, the Cardinals were playing, the Brewers Cubs were playing, and I think that we had like the Twins game on or something like that. But the uh, Kyle Hendricks was pitching, and he just looked so sharp last yeah, last, oh, last yeah, night. I saw some of that. Yeah, like he did. And, he had that shutout. Yes, he had a complete game shutout. I think it was like 106 pitches. And the thing with him was like, uh, I just remember from last year, when Hendricks is on, the guy is almost unhittable. Like if he just, if he's changing speeds, he dominates a power hitting lineup. And that's what the Brewers are. They're, for the most part, a power hitting lineup. And Hendricks is like that perfect kryptonite for a lineup like that because uh, pitchers that know how to pitch, which Hendricks is not – I wouldn't consider Hendricks like a, 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 a strong right arm. He's, he just knows how to pitch. And that's yeah. kind of what Adam Wainwright is too. Like they just know how to pitch. And when he uh, – when you see him changing speeds, uh, going up and down the strike zone, and for the most part just – and getting a lot of ground ball outs, and that's what he was doing last night. And I think he had eight strikeouts or something like that too. Yeah. Eight I, or yeah. nine strikeouts. He was good. Another pitcher I'll put in that category, I don't know if you agree, but it's Dallas Keuchel. He, just, he knows how yes. to pitch. Yes. He's a great pitcher. And, like, I think the White Sox, um, they looked good yesterday, but didn't the Twins come back and just obliterate them at the end? I think so. Oh, and the man. thing the thing <laughs> is, the the thing is with, like, guys like Hendricks, Keuchel, and Wainwright, and, you know, those, those soft throwers a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the thing that sucks about those guys, if their stuff is not on – it, it's they struggle because they get destroyed. You can't, you can't you can't rely on your pitches because if you're not locating, you're fucked. I mean that's just yeah. what it is. Uh, I've seen, and you'll, we'll see it with Kyle Hendricks when you because he only throws like an 89 mile per hour fastball, but if he's he can't locate that and he's throwing that right over the heart of the plate, good, that ball is going to be gone. Compared yeah. to like a flamethrower like Verlander, where yeah, if he doesn't have his. Uh, if he's not locating, he can get away with a, a fastball down the uh, down the middle. 
he can get away with that because it's got so much sharp movement in it to begin with that, you know, he could probably muscle his way through five innings, you know, struggling. Same thing with Garrett Cole. Like, those are guys yeah. that can just muscle their way through a start. True. But, I mean, Verlander, but, too. He looks good. But Ver, he, he gave but Verlander's two. also a guy who has the – he has, like, that dynamite stuff, and the guy can straight-up pitch, too. Yeah. So that's what makes him so much better than just about everyone else in the league, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. He came up, like, two solo dingers yesterday. He looked really good. But then, you know, Houston's offense – Brantley had that three-run home run. They looked pretty good. They obviously put a, an eight spot out there. But um, I was joking, too, because, like, I was telling, like, Bill that works over in Sporting is at Walmart and Waukesha. I said, hey, at least there's no crowd. You won't hear any trash can banging, so at least we'll be honest. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't hear any yesterday. It's just being funny. But, like, having that win yesterday and then having McCullers go today and having Grinky a third starter, I love that rotation. And then having Josh James at the end. I'm like, we could potentially go for, I'm not saying the sweep, but if we win, like, three out of four of those games, that's not bad. So Right. So they they got a four-game series right now? Yeah, and then they go to L, and then they play the Dodgers, I think, at home, too. That's that's going to be interesting. That's a big So did any, we'll see if any, get Astros, get, any nope. Astros get plunked yesterday? Nope. Okay, that's good. That's a good start. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get plunked in L.A., I'll say that much. That's fine. Do it with the bases loaded. That's fine. Right. I mean, it, it's got to it's gotta happen. The, it, especially in baseball, they kind of police themselves. That's why yeah. I don't like it when the league kind of steps in and has to make uh, decisions. Um, yeah, they had to do something with the Astros because of the, the whole scandal and everything that went yeah. down with that. But, like, these people that are getting, like, really mad that they should have been punished more or whatever, stripped of the World Series title, it, those people, those people that are listening, don't worry about it. It'll police itself. The no. uh, the players aren't gonna. They're gonna. They let a few things go, and then there's certain things you don't do. And if you do those things, you get plunked or something happens to you. Almost like the mafia. Like I, baseball's still kind of set in the mafia days. You know, <laughs> it's funny because like as soon as that plunking goes through and it happens, like I just think it'll be done, man. Like next year. Next year, I think it'll be over. They'll get their plunks out of the way. It's fine. Could put a couple guys on base. We'll hit a base, you know, a couple base hits. We'll score some runs. You know, I'm sure those guys are going to expect it the next series with LA. So, um, and I'm I'm glad we're playing them because then that could be a preview of like who's better. Let's see who's better. You know, right. Um, the only sad part is that we're not going to if we play New York this year. It's only going to be in the playoffs if we see them because I really want to play them. I just I want to continue to prove that like New York isn't better than us. I don't care if you got Garrett Cole. So. so for uh, people that are wondering where they can check out this podcast, just in general, I thought I'd throw that out in there, which I should have done that before we started. But anyways, um, we are pretty much on every major podcast format. So you can check us out on Spotify, uh, iTunes, we're on there, um, uh, Play Podomatic or whatever, like any major place that you can find a podcast. We're on there, which I think is really cool. That's what's really nice about the Anchor app in general. And uh, I also like to thank Skype for allowing us to even do this remotely because, like, a couple years ago, it was really hard to be doing podcasts uh, not in the same room yeah. <laughs> without having technology. Sure. So that's uh, that. This is awesome, and we can put uh, we can put out multiple episodes a week because of this now. 
Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about it because we, like, did two. And it was so hard to get together with 45 minutes apart. And now it's like we right. can do it once or twice a week if we want. Right. I mean, if something, like, something breaks, like uh, the Astro scandal, like, if that would have broken today like that, we could have covered it almost immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Big things like that. So I think it's even crazy, too, like, if any big stars get, like, injured or COVID, like, obviously Soto, which was a huge hit. Yeah. We can talk about, you know, breaking or whatever. And I just, I was a little bit worried about them being like, oh, man, that stinks for them. And it's like you wonder after, and I know it's, I don't know, there's only 60 games. I know there's a lot, quote, unquote, not really. But is there any losses yesterday that you saw that you would be worried about that team? Like just one loss that you're like, uh-oh. Like, not not after the first day, no. I wouldn't worry too much about it. It's like in football, would you lose week one? Nothing to really worry about. It's if you lose week two. So, like, those teams that lost yesterday, I'd be somewhat concerned if they lose today, too. Yes. And the only teams that I kind of was, like, concerned with, and I know it's early, but, like, after, after Soto's COVID test for the Nationals, obviously, because that's going to be extensive. Yeah. But, like, I mean, the Brewers, you know, if they, just being honest, I know they lost that one game to the Cubs. I think they have to win today. Yeah. You know, because that, that division is tough on each other, specifically. Well, especially, especially the Cardinals are playing the Pirates right now. So, like, and then after they're done with the Pirates, I think they play the Royals. So, I mean, like, they got... And that was an interesting stat that I found. Uh, MLB.com posted it that uh, out of all the teams, I think the Cardinals ranked at, with like the second easiest schedule based off winning percentage of last year. And I oh, think yeah. the Twins were number and the Twins were number one because obviously they won 100 games last year. And the C- Twins and Cardinals are playing the same teams. Oh yeah, true. They're saying the Reds too. The Reds have a really, really light schedule. So. And that's yeah. why a lot of people got them picked to go to the World Series. I know Series a lot of people. I know a lot of people are picking them. I, I, I'm still going to go with the Rangers. I mean, that's my like dark horse pick. I know you don't like them too much, but like that's probably my. Uh, if I'm picking something that no one else is picking, I'm going to pick the Rangers because it's easy to go and pick one of the top teams. But something it tells is. me with their with their rotation and their solid lineup, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Lance Lynn, you know, win something. <laughs> What would you consider dark horse teams, though? I think the Rangers are definitely – the Reds are not because uh, a lot of people are picking them as their dark horse team. But if everyone's picking them, then they're not really a dark horse after that, right? They're yeah. kind of favored now because mm-hmm. um, they're favored to win the Central. Like a lot of people are picking the Reds. Um, I think that's I think that's possible, but let's see what happens when they play against teams not named Detroit. That's who they played yesterday. So, like, I'm not going to read too much into that. It's Detroit. They're probably the so, wor- one of the worst teams in baseball. So, you're talking about the Rangers being dark horse, like World Series dark horse. Yeah, potentially. I think so. Like, I think they can get in, and it, if you get in, it doesn't matter after that. Anyone has a chance when you get in. We all know that. It's I just know. get in the tur- get in the tournament, and you have a chance. My mine would probably have to be the White Sox. Really. Yeah, I, 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 I've seen a lot of people are picking them, too. My issue with them is I just don't think they have the strong starting pitching to muster through. Uh, even if they were to get into the postseason, I don't think they have 
starting pitching to get get out of the first round. I I, I just think that if Keiko and Giolito do okay and they do something at the trade deadline and that offense turns on, because that offense has, offense has the potential to be great. That's the crazy part, like the trade deadline in general. Yeah. I just don't think a lot of teams are going to be trading in general just because of it being a shorter season to begin with, and everybody pretty much makes the playoffs. 16 teams are making the playoffs, which means you're probably going to have a couple of teams under 500 make the playoffs. Possibly, but it makes your trading kind of harder with teams that aren't doing it. Yes, because, because teams like the Royals are going to think they're still in it. Yeah. Which is which is nuts. Did you see? Uh, you saw who the Royals hired as their manager, right? Over in this off season. Yes, I did. Yep, yep. Uh, what do you think of that? I think it's a good. I think it's a good hire for that team going forward. To help Mike, Mathi- Mike Matheny, that is for people that are listening. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Mike, there was the head sports beat writer was on uh, Derek Gould's podcast the other day. And he was talking about with Matheny since he's been with the Royals. Uh, he brought the Cardinal Way handbook with him. Like it actually says the Cardinal Way on the binder. And he's installing that into the Royal system. Really? And yes. And he brought over John Mabry, who was the hitting coach of the Cardinals at the time, uh, who got fired for Jeff Albert. Um, they brought uh, he brought over Jeff Supon. He's over there. Cal Eldred's the pitching coach. If I don't know if you remember Cal Eldred, I'm sure you do. He was a pitcher in the in the late '90s, early 2000s. He pitched for the Brewers, oh, yeah. Cardinals. I think he had a short stint with the Astros too. I probably remember mostly on the Brewers. Honestly, like. Right. Talk about so I'm, I, I remember him as a Cardinal for like a, he was a closer, I think, for, or a setup man for Isreyhausen. But yeah, he's got, he's bringing all like those card, or I think Reggie Sanders is over there too. Like he's bringing like all the, all the Cardinal players from like the mid 2000s, those guys that were on those winning teams, and they're installing this huge system over in Kansas City, completely redoing everything. And they got Ned Yost's blessing on it too. That's crazy. To like... Yeah, like that. Isn't that kind of what the Astros did too? When they brought over Jeff Luno, like they completely redefined their entire organization. Yeah, they did for sure with the analytics side of it too. They really yeah. redefined the whole team. Yeah. And they brought in all you know. They brought in the Cardinals. Uh, you know, right-hand man to John Mozalak and reinstalled a whole new system. Now, we don't know to the extent of uh, did Jeff Luno just come over there with a trash-banging can system? Probably not. I mean, if we're being honest, I think that might have been something that was maybe in the works, but I'm not sure who actually came up with it. Um, but it's You know of- what? It's so hard to tell because Core is now saying – it wasn't just me. It was this and that. What I think happened was it happened around the team, and Jeff Luno what just kind of turned a blind eye to certain rules. I don't know. If I think so too. Not he just kind of turned a blind eye. Hints didn't like it. He didn't do nothing about it. But I think some people installed it, and like players just kind of like went with it because that you just did that, you know. Yeah. 
Well, it's that, it's that, like mafia, the it's that mafia mentality. Because we're never – we can blame them all we want, which I don't agree. Obviously, we know that. I don't agree. But we don't know what happened in that clubhouse. We don't know how right. the deaths reacted. And if you're in a situation where, like, your boss, if you're not working, your boss says, well, I don't care. And then if you're like, well, my boss don't care, then I don't care, right? That's, so, see, that's why, I don't blame, that's why I don't blame the players. Uh, I, I think I've always been very public about that where – I don't necessarily blame Altuve, Correa, any of those guys for um, being a part of it. What I do blame is now that they they were granted pretty much amnesty, where they were not going to get punished for any of it. All that all the league wanted them to do is to be honest about what happened, and they just flat out lied to our faces. That's my issue with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's funny you say that because. I just, you know, it's funny. I want to know what people wanted from the players. And I'm being genuine by saying this. Like, as me as an Astro fan, what did I want? Did I want them to come out and say what they said? Or did I want did I want a player to come out, hi, I'm Alex Brightman. I was part of the system. I actually used it. I actually used the trash can, and I apologize for that. I'm one of the players that participated. Did we right. want that? Did we want – is that – would have been, that been what the people wanted to hear? It wasn't said, but that's what I would have liked to hear. Like That's me too. Like, I just wanted what? them to be – I just wanted them to be honest. That was it. And Because uh, they were granted amnesty, which means they weren't going to get any punishment if they were honest. And then they were not honest. They lied about it. They, they denied it. They straight up flat denied it. And then um, – and they still weren't held accountable. And that was my issue with the whole situation with, Man- with Manfred. Is he's like, well, we'll grant you amnesty, just be honest. Okay, well, then they lie to us. We know they're lying. And nothing's going to happen of it. So it's a slap in the face to Astro fans. It's a slap in the face to any the rest of the league. And that's why the rest of the league is pissed at them. That's why the players are mad at them, because they're like, hey, you had the opportunity to just get it out there in the open. And, yeah, would you have taken a couple uh, a couple beanballs to the shoulder? Sure. But it would be over. But I think, like, there's a lot of players in the league that are very mad, because they, like, especially the, the Dodgers, like Cody Bellinger, who's pissed that they got screwed out of a World Series, and then the Astros are pretty much sitting on, on the top of the mountain just laughing at them. And that's how they're taking it. Yeah, they, they show no empathy, and that's the issue that a lot of the players in the league have with them. That doesn't no, mean that they can't that come sense. out and admit it later, but yeah. like at that moment, all they had to do is just say, like you said, my name is Alex Bregman. I was a part of that system. This is what I did. Uh, my name is Altuve. Okay. I'm sorry. This is what I did. Okay, you know, so that's what you did want. Because I don't get a lot of people that say, like, well, what, what's a good enough apology for someone? I get it. I get they didn't seem sympathetic, like that was wrong, how it was portrayed. I just want to know what the general consensus of, like, like that. Like, hi, this is my name. I actually participated in this trash can thing. Because Correa actually came out and said it. Like, he, he was the only player, when he was getting interviewed, said, like, I did it. Like, I was, I used it. Right, you know, and then he obviously got dogged still, you know. But obviously, people are dogging Cray over other things. Like he thinks that they still would have won the World Series because he brought up we won Game Two on the road. He can't use a trash can. We won Game Seven on the road. He can't use a trash can. He was talking about mixed signs and all this other stuff. Which yes, I can see back and forth. 
understanding like this point of view, but I don't even know if they would even got out of the ALCS. You know? Right. Because those those home games are so close. Like, I'm not going to take their World Series away from them because they still won 100-plus games or whatever. They still were... They still were actually in the World Series, and we don't know. Like, they might have uh, – Altuve might have picked up a sign and still hit the home run anyways. We, yes. don't, we, don't, know, we don't know any of that. So, no. as far as I'm concerned, they're still the 2017 World Champs. However, I still think that, like, maybe, uh, like, the fair thing that baseball could have done is said, okay, well, we're not going to strip you of the championship, but – Maybe we should have a seven-game series against the Dodgers now and put that title on the line now or something like that or go back yeah. to it. or like These are things that could have been done that I know that is a little unorthodox and they would never do it. But like they could at least entertain the idea. Yeah. And, in the, sure. and, at the, and if the Astros would win, you know, in a, in a, it'd be an off-site location. Like they wouldn't play in Houston. They wouldn't play in L.A. They'll play – Fuck it. They'll play in the Cardinal Stadium. That would be great, right? Or play in the yeah. Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Like, just play somewhere where people will come and watch. Uh, maybe you have no fans in the stadium and just have them just straight up play baseball and have a seven-game series. And uh, the numbers that would that, that would draw for ratings-wise, especially if they're playing that in, like, December or something like that, can you imagine the ratings? <laughs> yeah. Or they did it, like, in January, like, after the baseball after the football season when there's no sports on in February? Yep. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I, uh, but it's funny how, like, Bellinger comes out and says, obviously anybody can say what they want and everything right. else, but, like, why didn't Bellinger bring up the fact that he struck out 26 times in that World Series? Or how, right. about, how about the time in Game 7 where they stranded, like, five guys, like, like, well, I don't know how many guys on base, and they couldn't get him in? Or, or how Charlie Morton in McCullough's curveball was untouchable? Like, how is that, you know, is that a problem with the trash cans? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not right. trying to defend the fact of, like, what the Astros did, but I try to look at it as a realist, too. Like, dude, you played, like, trash, Bellinger. Like, right. you can blame anybody you want, well, but, like, you're striking a freaking record in the world series. In his, defense, I, in his defense, I don't think he's speaking for himself. He was more speaking for his teammates. And uh, he was just saying how he felt about it. We also got to remember that Cody Bellinger is not a veteran in this league. He's very young, and sometimes he's going to say stupid things, maybe stuff that he doesn't realize, like his words are going to have power. And being like a 23-year-old or however old he is, maybe uh, he didn't realize what he was saying was made himself look bad. Or he was just getting with the trend. Maybe his... Maybe there were some veterans on the Dodgers that wanted to say something but don't like didn't want to like put their name out there. And Bellinger is like, you know what? I'll do it because you know, why not? I'll do it because maybe Max Muncy was really pissed and wanted to say something, or maybe uh, Justin Turner wanted to say something, who's a veteran in this league, but yeah. he didn't want to like come out and say anything publicly because he didn't want to have his name attached to it. And Bellinger is like, I'll say it for you because I don't care. Yeah. I mean, like, I, sometimes I look back to it, and it's like, you know, that, that you know, that error he threw at first base to Darvish, you know, as was up one nothing, And it's like, <laughs> there you go. You know, like, that game seven wasn't played very well by them. You know? No, it, it wasn't. It is, you know? I, I don't. But I get it. Like, game five is questionable, right? Scores going back and forth, this and that. 
I mean, Correa says mixed signs all the time. They never use the same signs. Obviously, that's how Washington did great. Whatever. Washington was awesome. I just got to say that. They were so good. So, whatever they had going on worked. Because our bullpen sucked, and Kendrick did a great job, and Soto was just playing out of his mind in that whole year. So. Yeah, what it looked like for the um, the series with the Astros and Nationals, it literally looked like a men among boys. With, with any time a national pitcher took the uh, took the mound, like it seemed like they could have put anybody out there, and they were just going to get outs. They were on a whole nother level last year. They were, yeah. They um, one of the Astro guys, I was so aggravated about this. It was some bench coach or third base coach saying that. There was a time where Grinky, like during the game, this game seven, threw a strike and it was called in a ball. And the guy was saying like they were robbed of that World Series. I'm like, from one pitch? Yeah. Like, That's the thing. Like, we lost the World Series because Harris threw a good pitch, but Kendrick hit an even better freaking ball. Like that's how that worked. They were up three two and then they just they put more runs up. Well that's that's baseball in general when you think about it. The um it's if a hitter hits a ball, it's usually off of a pitcher's mistake. You very rarely see a hitter hit a good pitch. They they hit a pitch that misses a couple inches and it goes into the seats. That's yeah. that's baseball. It is, you know, like like even like even even Kendrick said it was a great pitch. He just got a hold. He just he barreled it up. That's just how it works. You know. Yeah. Like, you know, and I was like, well, I guess that's how that works, you know. And I do still think it was a mistake not throwing Garrett Cole in after Frankie, but – and that's when I started questioning Hinch being a good manager. So, like, now that we yeah. got um, – now that we got um, – what's his name? Oh, I love it. I love it. Dusty Baker? Oh, man. Yes. I love it. Well, he's going to establish uh, – he, he brings credibility back to the organization, and he's a real old-school manager. So like he's he also being a players manager too. Now we just need Tony La Russa to come back into the game, maybe uh, coach the A's or something, and then we can get a we can get an old fashioned Dusty Baker La Russa rivalry again. Oh man, I'd be scared about that. <laughs> just because well, I think Tony La Russa is so good, you know, I respect him a lot. He's a really good player. Yeah, him and Dusty Baker sure. don't get along. It's crazy because Baker played for La Russa. What team was I think that? Back, I think it was the White Sox. I think Baker played for the White Sox when he was a player at some point, played under La Russa. I just remember re- – I could be totally wrong on that, but I, I'm not looking at a staff book or anything. I'm just – I thought I remembered uh, one of them saying – one of the announcers saying that uh, years ago. I'm going to have to look that up now. That's good uh, baseball history there. Because I think Baker played for – Larusa at some point, and that's probably where the heat started. Also, um, I was listening to another podcast called Two Birds on a Bat, which is a great name for a podcast, by the way. That um, is good. They had Matt Holiday on it, and it sounds like Matt Holiday is going to get into coaching. Really? Yeah, he's waiting for his kids to kind of graduate and everything, which I think is uh. His youngest is 16, so he's coaching. Uh, he's coaching right now with his brother at a college, and he's the hitting coach or hitting instructor. And he said he could pretty much do what he wants because his brother's the coach, 
And he's like, and my name's Matt Holiday. What are they going to do? Fire me? I'm Matt Holiday. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a point. Yeah, you're not going to fire Matt Holiday. Like, if you're, you're not going to be the college team that fires Matt Holiday. <laughs> like, well, well, he'd be like that guy, like, well, what are you doing? You know who I am? Right. Guy. So he said that um, he's been open for some coaching jobs. I know the. He said he was in talks with the Cardinals to be a hitting instructor in the minor leagues or something like that. So that's something to look out for. And I, I think with the Royals having Jeff Supon as a pitching instructor, I think that's going to be huge for them because Jeff Supon to me was one of those pitchers that was, he invented pitches on the mound in a major league game. He had like 16 different pitches he could throw. And he, he was a guy who could flat out pitch. And I think he yeah. could be a good teacher because he knows how to throw pretty much any pitch there is to throw. So you got an instructor there, and he's really good at improvising in, in situations. We saw it uh, in 2004 when they played the Astros in Game 7, in that Game 7 where Jeff Supon pitched. And he gave up a couple runs early, and then he was just he was on after that. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, too, is um... – it's gonna be super. Like this is awesome. That we get to do this a lot more because I was even thinking like it'd be nice on one of our next podcasts too that when we get a full rotation in of all the pitchers of you know each team, yeah, we might be able to sit back and be like, okay, so who do we think looked good and and you know separated themselves and everything else and you know so because I'm still it's still early in the year but um, the, oh know, it's like, really early yeah obviously so I mean. It'd be just, I'm, I'm honestly curious to see how the Yankees rotation does. You know what I mean? Because that's when I really believe that, like, everyone pegs them as just being phenomenal. I, I don't buy into them yet. I really don't. Right. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Boston did good. I was thinking maybe Boston, well, you know, they got some still good some offensive pieces. They're still okay. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm just happy baseball's back. Uh, there's, stuff to talk about that doesn't involve rioting or uh, diseases or anything like that. We can just flat out talk about baseball now. Uh, don't have to split half our audience by talking about political beliefs or anything like that. We can just talk baseball. And I think that's yeah. what I feel like things will settle down because baseball's back. I feel like the rioting and everything that was happening over the last few months uh, to the last, since pretty much the COVID-19 start, started, I think a lot of it attributes to just not having sports and people being home. True. And now that the fact that baseball's back and to be honest, basketball's gonna be starting I think next week. I think they're next week, yeah. Yeah. So like and football Yeah. And football's gonna be starting at normal schedule time. They just I don't think they're doing preseason. No, I think it was something like, yeah, they're not gonna worry about going to like that training camp or something. So Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I think I think we're about done, right, with this yeah. episode. Okay, uh, I'm excited to talk about um, after we get through maybe a rotation here, or maybe in a couple days we can touch base again because baseball happens every day, True. and then um, uh, obviously we'll talk a little NFL and that kind of stuff too coming forward because that's coming up soon. True. Yes. 
Is there anything, because this is what a uh, podcast is supposed to do, is there anything you want to plug, like any podcasts you're listening to, any shows you're watching, like anything you want to plug right before we go off the air? I mean, lately I haven't been watching too much since so some shows have you know, canceled or, or they're just not being on right now, which is funny. Because so, um, obviously Gotham isn't, you know, that's so funny. It's either like the Stranger Things is gone right now, but like, you know, Gotham was about it. And, and so any show that I try to get into, I just can't get attached to it, I guess. Did you see oh. there's a new Gotham show going to be starting up on HBO Max? I did. I did, and it'll be super interesting to see how that one's played out. So, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Have you have you checked out Doom Patrol yet? No, you gotta send me a link to that, or just a text, and then I'll have to have, just remind me to check that out. I'll have to give you. I'll just give you my DC streaming service uh, information. And you can just check it out on there. Oh, nice. Okay. Because that's where they air it all. Uh, nobody heard that for the record. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so uh, people, you can check out the the podcast on any major uh, any major podcast format, Spotify, uh, Apple, all that kind of stuff. You can also uh, our Twitter handle is at Pinfall Wrap Up. That's where we post our episodes. Uh, you guys have questions, you could tweet at that. You could uh, send us uh, through Gmail at Pinfall Wrap Up. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, we haven't gotten any questions or anything like that, obviously, soon. So, uh, But any question that is posted on the Twitter or anything like that, I will answer it on this show. Uh, since we are a very small audience to begin with, uh, the floor is all yours. Uh, with that, I'm Andrew Karachi alongside... Eric Emerson. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back very soon. Not sure, quite sure when, but we'll have another episode probably sometime within the week. And let me...